Did Traylon Burks hurt himself at the NFL Combine? And which quarterback stock is rising way up the board? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I'm Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Be sure to give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us those five-star reviews. Let us help you build the ultimate dynasty team. This is primetime dynasty season, baby, and we are here for it. Marcus, happy Combine Week. We are in the full swing of things. I've been muted. Watching uh, eight hours of coverage yesterday, uh, I was uh, you know, just really grinding the numbers, posting as many numbers as possible, and I felt the most unathletic of my life yesterday just watching these guys run. So, uh, kind of right, ironic. Just, yeah, yeah I, I, know, I know. Uh, we should talk about some of the, the Combine results from, from Thursday. Not everybody is a 4-2 speed. Don't worry. That's the, the NFL combine numbers were a little off. However, there were some guys that tested really, really well. I, I think we should start with Garrett Wilson, right? Garrett Wilson is one of the top receiver prospects in this year's class. Most people were thinking he'd run 4-5, maybe in the high 4-4s. Instead, he runs a 4-3-8 40-yard dash. Uh, performs really well in all the drills. Does he move up at all in your rankings? Garrett Wilson was already pretty pretty high for me in my rankings, but you gotta love yeah. that four three seven forty. Um, I, I mean, just didn't didn't do anything to hurt his stock. That's that's no. definitely for sure. But I think uh, maybe the the biggest bar to Garrett Wilson moving up further up NFL draft boards could it be teammate Chris Olave who. We very briefly thought tied for the third fastest 40 yard dash time. <laughs> Rest in peace to yeah. that uh yeah. <laughs> that unofficial Although, time. So his official time was four three nine. That's still a ridiculously good time. It's it's phenomenal. It's a fantastic time, but when you think you have the third fastest in yeah, history. I know. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this. Obviously, the four the unofficial 40 yard dash times that we got initially were a little off. Uh, Chris Olave was under the assumption that he was in the four twos, ran the fa- the third fastest forty yard dash of all time. So why run again? He missed that opportunity to take a second run, which I think is super unfortunate. Because I, who knows? Maybe we would have seen uh, even faster. It's a dash fair time. point. I, I I didn't even think about that until you brought it up pre-show. It's a, it's a, there was a couple of different receivers. Wandale Robinson. I think his unofficial time was a four two eight or something or something like that. And once it got adjusted, it came became a four four four. Didn't run again. So maybe maybe that you know, maybe that did impact it some. Um a couple more guys just to mention Christian Watson from North Dakota State. You want to talk about somebody that had a heck of a combine. Actually had a whole pre-draft process. Uh he came comes in. Six foot four, 208 pounds, 10 inch hands, runs a 4.36 40 yard dash, a 38 and a half vertical jump, and a 136 broad jump. Kate, I know a lot of people last night on Twitter were thinking, you know, maybe he he's a day two pick before the, the, the combine. And now 
like is he a sleeper to be like, like a first round pick in the actual NFL draft? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. And I think uh, this is sort of one of those situations where you have the, uh, the, the hype train rolling very quickly. We are not, you know, the, the only ones who aren't immune to that hype. <laughs> it's really hard for these NFL teams not to fall in love with uh, a, a big bodied wide receiver. That's able to Absolutely. Uh, do athletic things that other folks can't. Um I definitely think he has made his way up the board. But my question for you, Marcus, we have so many guys that I think are potential first round picks. How many wide receivers might we see go in the first round of the draft? Because I feel like, yeah. you know, it's not a heavy quarterback class. I, I Could we see a lot of wide receivers go in the first round? I thought about this a lot yesterday. It's a really good question. I think the number six. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if not a single one goes in the top 10, but we have six total in the first round because there's just some really good prospects. Even somebody like Jahan Dotson yesterday who tested pretty well. He ran a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. Uh, you've got Dotson. you got the two Ohio State receivers in Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Jameson Williams at Alabama, he's hurt right now, but he might be the fastest receiver in the class. Uh, you've got Drake London. Um and then there's Traylon Burks, who – Kate, I want to talk to you about this one because I think most people think he had a below-average combine because there was talk of him running in the 4.3s. Um, he runs a 4.55 official 40-yard dash. Uh, I would like to remind everybody, Traylon Burks is 6'2 and 225 yes, pounds. Yes, Let's talk about that because I am – I am not here for the Traylon Burks. I actually just came out on Twitter to unofficially announce that Drake London is my wide receiver one, but Traylon Burks, we know he's like right there edging him out here. Mm -hmm. uh, why are we forgetting about the size and physicality that Traylon Burks is bringing to this uh, and what impact that has on speed and mobility because we see on the field it doesn't impact his ability to play yeah and that's that's the point that i was going to make is i think the expectations were so high that now that he only only quote unquote only <laughs> tested as like an 80 percentile athlete we're disappointed and we shouldn't be because he was still really productive he's still really productive in college he's still he's still going to be bigger and faster than uh, a lot of the guys that he's going to go against, I, I just think we were hoping he was going to have a Calvin Johnson-like workout, and instead it's more of an A.J. Brown type of workout, Chum. which is fine because A.J. <laughs> Brown is still a top-five dynasty receiver. Like I'm not projecting Burks to be that, but he certainly, certainly has enough athleticism uh, to be picked wherever you think he was going to be picked before that. Yeah, this should have absolutely no bearing on on – Anything really. I mean, yeah. I, I think you probably should have expected this to be within the range of outcomes for Traylon Burks, uh, just given his size. And I, I again, I, I don't know what we are asking of this kid. Uh, just hop off, guys. And if, if your league mates really want to downgrade Traylon Burks this heavily because of a, a combine, and I agree. Uh, still testing well, then this is your time to buy. I, I agree. If you, if you liked them a lot, pre, you know, pre-combine, 
fantastic time to buy, as you mentioned. Um, any other receivers that you want to mention before we move on to quarterbacks and tight ends? There was a lot of guys yesterday, Kate, that just had really good performances. And I know we can't mention them all, but any any last one you want to mention? I, I am definitely disappointed here. And my guy, Drake London, uh, you know, he had really no reason to work out coming off the broken ankle. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's there for, for medicals and basically to prove that he is uh, still hanging in there. But um, <laughs> super, super bummed that we did yeah. not get to see him. Um, Calvin, uh, Calvin Austin. Out oh, of my Memphis, gosh. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We need to mention just absolutely blazing four three two forty um official just absolutely dominated uh twenty yard shuttle was four point oh seven time um nearly a forty inch vertical jump eleven foot three foot I, I got the eleven foot here. three inches yeah please give me the percentiles yeah. because the numbers are bananas the raw numbers uh, are bananas ninety six percentile uh, 40 yard dash, 432, 87th percentile vertical jump, 98th percentile broad jump, for uh, 87th percentile short comb. Absolute freak, absolute freak. Um, and this is, uh, I, I joked as as we saw Calvin Austin up there. Uh, this is the kind of guy that the Raiders are just going to trade up to number one overall to draft because <laughs> they are going to fall for this guy so hard with yeah. all of those metrics uh we know they like them some speed uh and some you know overdrafting of prospects uh i i can i could totally see the perfect marriage now uh i just want to mention one more i really like the day that george pickens had i know he ran a 440 unofficially that ended up becoming a 447 officially still a really really good time for him right i i i was honestly expecting a Four five five four five two. Running a four four seven is great, and then having a one twenty five broad jump with seventy eight percentile. He also measured in at six three and a half with thirty. That's what I was going to talk about. That hands. That's hand, the nice part. Hands are small. Eight and three quarters. Um, him and Kenny Pickett together would have a normal <laughs> size hand. Uh, but like that, that, fantastic. Just checking boxes, and the fact that he is less than a year recovered from the ACL injury. He had the ACL injury in may and he ran a 447 at that height and that weight sign me up kate i had just he crushed it yeah uh, absolutely fantastic job um and i don't think that any of us um you know i i think like all of these metrics though we can can write them in uh and formalize them with numbers um uh, you know george pickens uh small hands but that's all right again when we way. But that's what I'm saying. When we look at the official numbers, it's always important to circle back and say, have I seen this be a problem on the field? And maybe we'll use that as our teaser for the next segment. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett next, because I want to talk about these tiny hands. Yes, let's talk about Kenny Pickett. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online, where you can actually gamble on some of the uh, the NFL Combine props. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. 
BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Kate, the floor is yours. Talk about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, the the interesting thing about this pit quarterback prospect is that we all knew that the hand size were going to, uh, that was going to be a, a big concern coming into the NFL combine. Uh, for those of you who weren't following along earlier, uh, Kenny Pickett back in spring of 2021 measured in with hands at eight and a quarter inches, eight and a quarter inches. So for, uh, for some context here, uh, you know, we were just talking about a hand size of, eight and three quarters being small. Mm -hmm. No, Kenny Pickett is, uh, that's a half inch smaller for Kenny Pickett. He officially measured in at eight and a half inches after months of doing lots of exercises yep. to help lengthen his thumbs. Uh, or I guess not lengthen, but stretch get a, yep. uh, get a quote unquote proper measurement. Uh, we heard all about his double jointed thumb. It mm -hmm. plays with two gloves in college. Mm -hmm. now has to move on to the NFL level where the ball is a little bit bigger. We've seen his career fumbles be a problem. I'm not sure. I, I know, again, taking this back to the, the exercise of does this combine uh, official measurement showcase something that we saw on the field that's a problem, and I think it does, despite the fact that Kenny Pickett had an absolute breakout season with the Panthers, I think hand size, we should be a bit concerned. Yeah. I, I think you should be a little concerned about it. Does it mean that you take them off your board or don't draft them at all? Probably not. Um, but I, I want to put some context here for Kenny Pickett. I, I saw a lot of people saying he'll never be able to play in a cold weather city like Pittsburgh, right? Kind of joking about him playing yeah. at Pitt for all those years. But you know, the difference is Kate is, most of the time, Kenny Pickett's not playing in cold weather in Pitt, right? Like, most of the time, Pitt's season is done early November. Like, I'm looking last year, they're, you know, they're done playing games in Pittsburgh, you know, on November 11th. They're not playing a lot of games in December and January where you and I are both Pittsburgh people. That's when the weather really turns, right? Like, when you get to yeah, December that's when and it January, gets bitter. that's when it gets bitter. That's when the rain and the snow comes. He doesn't have a ton of experience playing in cold weather games despite playing at Pitt. So if he's drafted by the Steelers and you're having to play a divisional game against the Ravens on January 4th and it's five degrees out, that's where I do worry about him a little bit. But I ultimately think he's going to be okay. I, the athleticism, I don't know if you saw this, uh, he tested as a 93 percentile athlete at the quarterback position, uh, 4 seven forty. Uh, which is which is good, right? Like that, he hits all the thresholds there. But a little nervous about him. A little nervous. I am a little bit nervous, and it just—I mean, I think that's maybe one of these things that you use as a tiebreaker. Like you said, you don't move him off your draft boards, but uh, I, I do think it's a fair, fair thing to use as a tiebreaker for some of these. Um, you know, maybe it, deciding on which sure. team he'd be a better fit for, like. Maybe the New Orleans Saints, uh, who yes. play in a dome, and you know, or Carolina that plays outside, or they play mostly in domes or in nice weather, right? Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, 
you know, maybe one of the ways that we can utilize this information, but from a fantasy perspective, do the hands really shake anything? Haha. <laughs> no, not not really, because he's still Kenny Pickett. Uh, hand size is definitely something that I think is going to impact, uh, you yeah. know, more of his actual draft stock, actual NFL performance, and perhaps career longevity if that's an issue. Yeah. But it, Kenny Pickett's still going to be Kenny Pickett on the football field with the same hands he's had the whole time. Uh, the only other quarterback that I really wanted to mention, because Malik Willis didn't do anything in testing. Yeah, he threw a couple of really long passes in the in the drills. But Desmond Ritter, uh, talk, he put out a show. He, he tested as a 98 percentile athlete. Uh, I believe he ran the official time was a 4.45, I believe. Um, the, the vertical four, five, jump two. was the 4.52, even better. Uh, even the better. vertical jump was the third best vertical jump ever from a quarterback. Um, I, I thought he had a really good day. And if you're just making a list of like all the boxes he checks, Kate, he was a four-year starter at Cincinnati who led them to the playoffs. He's got the size. He's got big hands. He's one of the most athletic quarterbacks we've seen over the last 30 years. It's hard not to get a little bit excited about Desmond Ritter and maybe think of him as a value. Yeah, and I think, you know, people look at his career trajectory maybe he's not you know one of these top end prospects that we've been awaiting since he uh, came out of high school um he was he was definitely a work in project a, a work in progress at Cincinnati but I do think that uh you know this combine performance if nothing else it showed you that all of these things that we saw on the field in terms of his athleticism his ability to um you know, it, get some of that breakaway speed when he's in an open field, uh, even as a quarterback, like you, you see that and you know that it, it translates well to the testing numbers. Again, it just, it's confirmation that sure. what we've seen on the field, um, you know, is, is real. And that's always a good thing. He's currently QB five in rookie drafts right now. And I think that's a little low. I think that's a huge, huge value. Um, who, Which quarterbacks are going ahead of him right now? Malik Willis is currently QB1, Matt Corral QB2, Kenny Pickett QB3, Sam Howe QB4, and Desmond Ritter, the pretty, pretty clear-cut QB5 right now in Dynasty League football. I'm kind of surprised at that. I would, I would definitely take him over um, Pickett. I would take yeah. him over... Uh, I think Howell, I, I think he's probably closer to QB three on athleticism alone. He yeah. uh, fits Just the because bill. He's going to get you some rushing yards too, right? Yes. He fits the bill for uh, a potential, you know, maybe Konami code QB yes. light. Yes. Uh, he had at least 350 rushing yards in four straight seasons at Cincinnati as a freshman, 583, 650 in uh, as a sophomore, 592 as a uh, junior, 355, 28 career rushing touchdowns. It's fantastic, right? Like, That's I don't think people amazing. think of him as a runner, maybe as much as they do Malik Willis or Sam Howell, but could he be a guy that gets you 20 rushing yards a game in the NFL and four or five rushing touchdowns? I don't see why not, right? 
I also think that, I mean, when you maybe subtract a little bit from that rushing that you're excited about from Malik Willis, you're still getting a good chunk of that, that upside there as a rusher. Um, and Desmond Ritter, he is, um, you know, I, I would trust him more as a passer at this point in his career, but, you know, Malik Willis, obviously he has the arm strength. He's got all of those physical tools. I think he needs to refine those a bit. But I think Desmond Ritter's actually a little bit more refined as a passer and could give you a, a safer floor in terms of a passer, but similar, though slightly less upside as a rusher. I 100% agree. I think he's one of my favorite values. And uh, I've had him as QB3 for a while now. And I'm still, I, I didn't I, realize not, that he was one of my favorite values, but yeah, I'm, I mean, that's, I'm all that's in, baby. Kind of, yeah, that's the way I feel. I don't know if the combine necessarily moved him up for me, but it just made me more happy and satisfied for where I had him ranked. And I think that's kind of how you have to use the combine, right? Uh, sure. So we probably should mention tight ends. I, I saw, I think, that every single tight end tested above the 50th percentile, but the only one that really stood out was Jelani Woods from uh, from Virginia, who came in at six foot seven, 260 pounds, ran fast, jumped really, really high. Uh, I don't know if he's on our fantasy radars at all because he's probably still going to be a day three pick, but that's that was really the only guy to, to do anything. So uh, do you have any thoughts on tight ends or are we good to move on? I think we're good to move on. This isn't the class that you're going to find your, your magical Kyle Pitts, your magical unicorn. And even some of the guys that like tested Trey McBride didn't run the 40 yard dash. Isaiah Likely's testing numbers were only okay. Um, Not, not a great tight end class. Uh, Let's talk about some actual NFL news, Kate. But before we do that, we should tell you guys about built bar by this time of year. Everybody has given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not us, because we have Built Bar to help us out. Built Bars are the absolute best protein bar on the market right now. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, most Built Bars only contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your favorite candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut almond. Coconut, some of my favorite favorite flavors out right now. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and they are coming out with new flavors all the time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, okay. There was some Cowboys news that happened uh over over the last couple of days that we should talk about because I think it's going to be very impactful for your dynasty rosters. The first being that Blake Jarwin, the the Cowboys tight end, I had I think it was called rare hip surgery, and the Cowboys do not anticipate him being ready for most, if not all, of the 2022 season. That is noteworthy because Dalton Schultz, their starting tight end, is scheduled to become a free agent. Um, and there's been some rumors that the Cowboys could move on from Amari Cooper. They also have Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson scheduled to be free agents. So what is going on in Dallas? Oh, a, a revolving door, apparently. I'm I'm kind of shocked because all of this news came out at exactly the same time. Uh, the yep. knowledge that they'd be willing to to move on from Amari Cooper amidst all of this upheaval 
across the rest of their roster. You know, Michael Gallup coming off a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd like to remain with the team. Uh, Dalton Schultz, he's going to be a free agent. You mentioned, um, you know, even if it comes down to them placing the franchise on uh, tag on Dalton Schultz, it's not uh, necessarily a cheap tag, even at the tight end position. Uh, he'd be owed somewhere around like nine to $10 million on the franchise tag this year mm -hmm. projected by over the cap. Um, I, I think it's, uh, let's see, $10.8 million for your uh, franchise tag tight mm -hmm. end this year. I just, I'm kind of curious because all of these moves are very puzzling to me. Amari Cooper, even if you, you move on from him, he still carries $6 million in dead cap. I'm uncertain why it makes sense to move on at this point when there are so many moving pieces right now. Uh, first of all, it doesn't make sense to cut Amari. It, it, it doesn't at all because you look at Dak Prescott before Amari Cooper got there in 2018, he was struggling immensely last 16 games before Dak or before Amari got traded to Dallas, his pass rating was like 82 and the Cowboys were bad, 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 bad. They trade for Amari. Dak takes off and puts up incredible numbers. I believe his career passer rating is like 113 when Amari Cooper's on the field. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, Amari Cooper's only 28 years old. He dealt with some injuries last year. But the guy is good. And maybe he's not the most productive receiver in terms of like 1,500-yard seasons all the time. But he doesn't get a ton of targets and he still puts up 1100 yard seasons basically every year. But I think here's the plan for the Cowboys. They are up against the cap. They're currently $13 million over the cap. I think the plan is Kate to cut Amari Cooper. They would save 16 million. They could then franchise tag Dalton Schultz. That would cost 10 million. As you mentioned, use the 6 million. That's basically the gap, right? Because we spent, 10 million on Schultz use that 6 million and give Michael Gallup like a one-year deal for 6 million. And then at least we can come back with Gallup CD and Dalton Schultz. Is it perfect? No. Is it better than what you had last year? Absolutely not. But at least it's a solid receiving core. Do you think that uh, a, I'd, I'd be curious, do you have any updates on Michael Gallup in terms of his rehab from the ACL? First of all, just had surgery two weeks ago. That's a concern. That is yeah. a concern, uh, especially when you're talking about a team that I, with the addition of Micah Parsons with digs in the mix, like this is a team that is ready to contend. I like, this is not the time to throw out. I, okay. Anyway, anyway. Uh, okay. We know it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't make I'm sense. actually, uh, more curious on the Michael Gallup thing because you mentioned take that six million dollars, give you know Michael Gallup a one year deal. I actually think that Michael Gallup would be commanding more of, than that as a free agent. Do you not? Do you, healthy or not healthy? I mean, the so if we're talking one year deal, obviously you get a discount, um, but. If you're talking about a team making the investment in Michael Gallup as a wide receiver option. for their team, yep. I would say I I would rather see him get upwards of 10 to 12 million per year. Well, and and I don't think that. the Cowboys are opposed to that either, right? Because what they could do 
hypothetically, is they could give him a three-year, $33 million deal, okay? Lower the cap hit this year and have the number higher next year so you can fit some more guys under the cap. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that either. I I just don't know if Michael Gallup's interested in that. If you're Gallup, do you, do you take that deal now or do you take a one-year, $6 million deal guaranteed and then hit free agency again next year once you show everybody that you're healthy I don't know. That's a tough decision. Uh, can I give you my a, issue one more? about the one year deal though, comes down to the fact that he's not, he's not probably going to start the season probably fully not. healthy. So you're, you're really nudging down uh, and putting yourself against the wall. Uh, you're putting your own back against the wall there. If you're mm-hmm. Michael Gallup in terms of uh, putting your, your uh, you know, value as high as it possibly can be. Cause what if uh, you don't, you know, you're not ready for the start of the season. What if you're not fully healthy? What if you don't look like Michael Gallup? I think your your uh, leverage as a free agent is probably higher possible. now than it will be at the start of the season. It is possible. However, he did miss a lot of time this year with, uh, with the calf injury. So it's and it, he didn't have great numbers last year either. Just seven touchdowns over the last two years. It, it's fascinating because I think we all know he's really talented and he probably deserves a bigger role. Is that in Dallas? Is that somewhere else? We'll see. One one last thing I want to mention, Kate. The Cowboys' plan is if if this kind of plays out the way that we laid it out, where they bring back Dalton Schultz, they bring back Gallup to play on the outside, they move CD to the outside receiver, the plan would be to make Tony Pollard the full-time slot receiver. And that's interesting because that's actually the position he played at Memphis. The Cowboys had to move him to running back once he got to the NFL. Like that was a new position. Uh, and they would still obviously give him touches out of the backfield because they should. He's a really good running back. Does that get you excited about potential of Pollard playing more slot snaps? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've I've talked about Tony Pollard on and off in this podcast. Uh, he's one of these guys that – especially in a dynasty team where you've got those deeper, uh, deeper rosters. He's one of these guys that ended up being in my, you know, running back or my, my second or third flex spot. And I just left him there for the entirety of the season because he has, uh, he has upside as a receiver. He's got um, absolute explosion. I think this would make him um, probably unaffordable in dynasty. And that's just my, my thought here. So this might be a good time to buy Tony Pollard because I think once you start to hear those rumblings and rumors come out that he's going to play in the slot, we're going to try to get him 10 to 12 touches a game. And the word, uh, I'm going to hate this cop, but you're going to hear people say he's the next Debo Samuel. In terms of size, he is he's very similar. But I, I, I think this is a good time to buy Tony Pollard. That's all I'll say right now. Is that fair? Okay, I'm I'm gonna go send out some offers as soon as we sign uh, off. I, I should a- ask you about this about Dalton Schultz. Is it in his best case for a dynasty asset to remain in Dallas, or would you rather see him go elsewhere? Because I kind of think, I kind of think Dallas is where we've already seen him be a top seven tight end over the last two years. Why not stay? I'd prefer to see him remain in Dallas, especially if there are going to be movements uh you know in terms of Amari Cooper uh if Michael Gallup is not fully healthy I think Dalton Schultz might be the the key asset to keep Dak afloat over the next year he could be a huge part of this I think 
Um, you know, if if that is the way that you're projecting this team, I'm going to also say that Dalton Schultz is a buy. I don't necessarily disagree either. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back on Monday, Kate, to talk about some running backs at the Combine and some of our biggest takeaways at the Combine. I, should be should be a lot of fun. I'm really curious to see how fast does Brees Hall run, how fast does Kenneth Walker run. Uh, we'll, we'll break it all down back here on Monday. You can follow the show at Lockdown Dynasty on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube. We're really, really start promoting our YouTube page and uh, putting a lot of videos up there. You can check us out there, Lockdown Dynasty. Follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time. Enjoy the combine, everybody.